0: All of a sudden, yeah, we had set a trend for other bands to follow, and that was a great feeling. Nothing can be more, um, there ain't no greater compliment than to have somebody to follow what you're trying to do. You see what I'm saying? That gives you a boost. That helps you, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's good? What's cracking? What's popping? Kilo, man, I'm back for another episode of the regular podcast. You're... I'm not, I'm not going to take too much of y'all time. You know? I hope y'all enjoyed the last episode. You know I really put blood, sweat, and tears into that, figuratively speaking, of course, because I don't cry and I don't have a reason to bleed about that. But I hope you guys felt informed. I, I've never heard anybody speak about police harassment in that way. I don't think you guys have heard anybody speak about police harassment in that way either. So... Um, shout out to the people that heard it and and appreciated that now how y'all been this week i've been cool i've been chilling uh just working the week went kind of fast today is thursday january um 10th excuse me today is thursday january 10th and uh you know we back cracking now first things first first thing i want to say is because i didn't speak about this last time i don't know if it had happened yet Sentonia Brown she has been given a release date. Now this is the young lady who uh she pretty much was sent to prison for a long time for killing a man who was I guess attempting to rape her or some situation like that. Now some people are putting it out there where she was actually trying to rob she was I guess she was a child at the like a like a teenager and she was trying to she was, you know, like a prostitute at the age of sixteen. And she was trying to set the man up and and kill him and and rob him or whatever like that. That's what people are saying. She killed him because she was trying to rob him. And he wasn't going for it, so she killed him. But the way the story has come out, or her, I'm sorry, I called her Centoya. Centonia. Her name is Centoya. Centoya Brown. Alright. But the way the story has come out, they're saying that the girl was being Held captive by this man and repeatedly raped over a course of time by her. And I guess eventually she killed the man. I don't know which of those two stories is true. Either way, she was sentenced to like 15, 51 years back when, you know, she was younger. She'd served 15 of that already. And now they have the Republican governor, Bill Haslam, in Tennessee has um, granted her clemency now pretty much it doesn't mean that she has been you know exonerated or her charges or her record has been expunged it just means that they are saying you don't know you no longer need to be in prison all right so they let her out she's still a convicted killer or murderer however you want to look at it but she will get a chance to get out on uh supervised probation on August 7th, I saw some people wondering why she had to wait till August 7th to get out, because like I said, she's not been exonerated. She has not had a record expunged. She's still considered a killer in the eyes of the law. But uh, when you get out of prison these days, they have these, these programs set up and it's a reentry program that she'll have to go through. She graduate that and then she'll be released after a period of time, which that program is a very good thing. It helps a lot of people. So... If you if you go to if you went to prison for something at a young age and you were traumatized by that, you need that type of six month buffer before they just throw you out back into the world when you were expecting to do fifty one years. Your mind is not right. You need to, you know, so y'all don't trip about her not getting out until August. That's a that's gonna actually help her. All right? Even though of course anybody would wanna be released immediately. But you do not wanna recidivate. That's one thing you don't wanna do, all right? So shout out to her for getting out. You know, anybody that's getting out is, you know, that's a plus. That's a plus on on whatever the situation is. All right, something that's near and dear to my heart. You understand, near and dear to my heart. Actually, you know what? Let me let me go into it. since Antonia Brown she was she was um arrested and charged and convicted of murdering a man that was trying to rape her. Let's just slide right into this whole R. Kelly shit, man. I don't even let's not even let's not even jump past that since they go together in a way. <clears throat> now, everybody that would be listening to this saw the surviving R. Kelly documentary or docuseries, six part docuseries that came on lifetime. Me personally, I was disgusted because I never before I got into um the podcasting, I was never really heavy into uh people's personal life outside of hip hop. Like really The people I knew the most about, like, their personal life was really rappers. I didn't didn't really know a lot about other people. I didn't even know that R. Kelly was ever involved with Aaliyah before Shay told me, like, 2017. Like, I never even knew there was a connection there. Never knew about a lot of this stuff. So when I watched this docuseries, you know, I was shocked by a lot of it because I didn't know how he was getting down. I also didn't know that other people who were working with him were so open about talking about helping him to get other young girls. I don't know how that's a crime. So I don't understand why they would admit to it on, on TV, but I guess they felt like admitting to it. But um so the surviving R. Kelly thing happened and um very I think it was very well executed. Uh yeah man, this is is it's crazy, man. It's crazy. In the back of my head I'm trying to figure out how this shit has been able to go on and nobody kill him kill him or he not be convicted and arrested for I mean he was arrested but he beat that case i'm not I'm not understanding how the majority of the people he has been violating have been from the west side of Chicago or some parts of Chicago south side or West side which are considered some of the most violent places in America not They are the most violent neighborhoods and areas in all of America, those two parts of Chicago, right? The west side of Chicago, where he's from, and the south side. And not a single one of these people had an uncle or a a grandfather or a dad or a cousin or anything that saw what he was doing in Chicago, hanging out around a McDonald's and around a, a, a high school, recruiting and taking and whisking young girls away. None of the, the, the people in those communities felt that those, what he was doing warranted being shot in the face. I don't understand it. Now, the only thing I can think of is either all of this shit is fake and it is not real, which I doubt that that's the case. Or R. Kelly has some, some certified goons with him, body snatchers. Killers with him, which I think is very likely the case. People probably have tried to do something to R. Kelly and they got erased like the Thano snap. They got erased because I can't imagine how you can go this long doing these types of things and not a single person has killed you. You have to have some of the some of the top shooters in the Midwest on your team when you when you commit that level of crime. For, that, for this amount of time It has been over 30 years They saying That the man been like this And he been involved In these type of things In Chicago And he ain't dead Now some could say Yes yeah, because people don't care To protect young black girls That's one part of it But I don't think Every single man Attached to every single black girl Is opposed to protecting black girls I think somebody's dad Somewhere Would try to protect their child now, of course, the man was preying on people that didn't really have fathers in their lives back in them days. You know what I'm saying? He was preying on people that came from broken homes. He was preying on people that was in foster care. They didn't have any parents at all. So that's one factor. But that wasn't the case with everybody. Aaliyah, her people, they from Detroit. Detroit, it, they got some serious people in Detroit. And they, didn't, they sold their daughter to, to R. Kelly. Even the uncle was complicit in that He was the one Barry Hankerson is the one That brought her around So I'm confused as to how Every how, how this was allowed to go on For this long And nobody Tried to kill the man That's more shocking to me Than the fact that he didn't go to jail I'm more shocked by the fact That he was doing The stuff that they said He was doing on that docuseries And he didn't die I'm surprised he was doing that and none of those females tried to kill him inside the house. How does it make sense? I'm not saying how does it make sense because that sounds like a victim blame. But I want to understand the mindset that, that will say one day I got sick of it and I left. As opposed to one day I got sick of it, I snapped and stabbed him. Or I snapped and shot him. Or I snapped and did something else to him. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to understand the mindset because, yeah, just like there's some men that were not attempting to protect their daughters, there are also some women that are not the type to fight a man in any situation. However, there are some women that will fight a a man. You understand? The fact that you can do this type of thing to women over this period of time— All black girls, black women, and you haven't run into any single one that will fight a dude or try to kill a dude over these type of things, like pissing and defecating on girls and having sex with underage people and all this type of stuff. Not one of these chicks decided to fight him. It's strange to me. Only way I can rationalize it is the people that he has around him, the security, are not just regular security. These are street people and they are killers. That's the only way I could think that this is possible. And whoever they are, they they stay, they cause fear in anybody who has encountered them. Because there's other people who've come out with stories that say, R. Kelly don't let grown men look at him. He he like make grown men put their head down when he come around. This is not Michael Jackson or Prince or nothing. This is R. Kelly. So there's there's stories like that where... Neo was talking about he went on tour with R. Kelly 2007, and they had this thing called cold blue, meaning when R. Kelly came around, they had the nobody was allowed to look at him. They they brought um, black curtains and let him walk through the curtains so nobody could see him. Pleasure P said the same thing. Pleasure P was like they don't even give anybody dressing rooms. Neo said he didn't get a dressing room. He was a multi platinum artist at the time when he went on tour with R. Kelly. He wasn't even allowed to have a dressing room. He had to get dressed behind some curtains. Neo. So, the only way that I can imagine... And, and then think about the Jay-Z and the, the, the Rockefeller Best of Both Worlds tour. They didn't... Like, R. Kelly was moving like that back then. They say... I mean, you know the story is that Tata maced him. But in my head, that never even sounded right. Like, what type of man has a problem with another man and maces him? That's like what a woman would do. So, I'm not even understanding... That whole story, I don't understand that at all. Because we know the story of of Jay Z and and Un, so clearly Jay Z handles problems a certain way. So how do you get to the point where everybody shows shook that the little cousin of Jay Z, Tata, has to pepper spray R Kelly or Mason or whatever he did? Like, what is? I don't even understand that. So clearly, people are afraid of R Kelly, not just women, not just young girls, people. Period. Are afraid of R. Kelly. Afraid that he will whatever is around him will bring physical harm to them. That's the only way I can understand that this shit was going on like this. Alright? Now, I could, you know, that's just my angle at how I'm looking at it. Because we all know the story of the nastiness of the the Lisa Van Allen's, the Dominique, the you know, um, the Azriel with her stupid ass parents. You know, the girl down in Miami, like all these different people. We, we, you know, the Javante who was around R. Kelly for all the time. She was around R. Kelly since 1990, so she trying to make it seem like he was just wrong by herself. She was right there with him, even though she was young at first. She was an adult for a lot of this, and she didn't try to stop any of it. She was a background singer and and whatever, but she was around for all of it. She never tried to stop any of it, but whatever, if, you know, whatever you want to... Exalt yourself and make yourself seem like you're better because you're no longer participating in this child in this pedophilia because you're no longer participating like Demetrius Smith. You're no longer participating. So now you want to step back and try to like point the finger at R. Kelly. All y'all, all all y'all in the same boat to me. Everybody, everybody that was around from back then, if you was around from 1990 until 2008 or some shit like that. Come on, man. So that's my take on it, man. R. Kelly got body snatchers, and that's that. Now, Dame Dash went on to a show called Cannon's Class. That's Nick Cannon's, like, podcast, video podcast, or something like that, where they sit down and he just went on there, like, today, or came out today. And he, and, and, and pretty much Dame confirmed what I always thought about Jay Z and Dame's breakup that it was not about money. People try to make it seem like it's about Dame putting Cam in, in a boss position. That, That never sounded right to me. I don't even know why people tried to run with that. I always thought it was over a female. And I always thought it was Aaliyah. Because I always heard that Jay-Z and Dame was both messing with her. Which sounded weird to me. You know what I'm saying? So, Jay-Z didn't mess with her. Jay-Z liked her. According to Dame, Jay liked her. And Dame was actually with her. So, I think that's where everything goes wrong. Right there. Dame confirmed it on the... the, um, Canon's class today And I've been thinking this for a minute Anyway, every time Dame says People mad at me because they didn't get girls And I got their girls or I probably smashed their girls Or something like that, he's talking about Jay Z Alright, so anyway On this thing, he's saying like he Pretty much Dame let it out there Like yo, we supposed to be Boys, right, you supposed to be my brother We built this thing together and all this You know that he raped my girl. And you still go do a, a album with that man. You still go do a tour with that man. You do it twice. And everybody's looking at Dame like Dame is the bad guy. Dame messed the whole thing up. But Dame has a girlfriend named Aaliyah. And Jay-Z is out here pow wow and, and yippie kaye yay with the man that raped Aaliyah. So Dame never took that the right way. He never was happy with that. He was never cool with that. And... And, and it's almost like Jay-Z with the, you know, the, the wild, deep manipulation, mind control thing going on. He's like, yo, if I can't, he tried, probably try to get at Leah. Leah wasn't going for it. He's like, okay, if I can't be with you, then I F you, then I'm going to go mess with this dude who violated you. Because it seemed like Jay-Z be on that type of time. You feel me? And Dane pretty much threw it all out there on the table. Y'all can go watch uh, Cannon's class on there and Dame definitely said, like, yo, I'm glad all this stuff is out now because I've been calling these people out back then. The reason supposedly the reason Pay the Fool wasn't a bigger movie is because Dame slapped Harvey Weinstein on the set because he heard that Harvey Weinstein was was raping chicks. You know what I'm saying? So Dame has been clear on his stance against people violating women in that way. Because we done seen Dame degrade him a little bit by pouring champagne on him. But you know he he hasn't been raping women or nothing like that. So he, you know, that he have been saying that he had a problem with that type of activity. All right, uh, so y'all go check that out, man. All of that stuff is <clears throat> connected in my book. Nick Cannon tried to throw a curveball in the game. He because you know Dame was Dame was trying to get at Nick Cannon because he worked with R. Kelly extensively on his first album, and I think Nick said that R. Kelly like damn near wrote half the half the whole album. So, cause we all know R. Kelly is gifted uh, as far as music go, and Dame was on him, and, and and Nick Cannon was trying to get his back himself out that corner. Then he said, "Wait, how old was Foxy when she was around y'all?" And Dame, you know, Dame eyes lit up after he realized that Nick Cannon was throwing Jay Z under the bus with that one. So Dame eyes lit up right there, and 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 but y'all can go see that man. But I looked up Foxy's age. Foxy would have been um about seventeen uh, when she. Well, when she would have been on Jay-Z's album anyway, or when he would have been on her first album, she would have been like 17, turning 18. So, a lot of people said she was 15 when Jay-Z was messing with her. I don't know about that. I don't Because all that would have been bef- a couple years before Reasonable Doubt, 94. So, I don't know that story right there. I only know from Jay-Z starting in 96 and on. But... Yeah, so Nick Cannon threw Hove under the bus and, and Dame looked a little bit happy. But Dame pretty much was saying like, yo, he's not... You know what I'm saying? Everybody is putting the blame on on Dame and Dame is like, Jay-Z did some things that was unhonorable or dishonor dishonorable when it comes to their relationship. Namely, messing with R. Kelly after knowing R. Kelly raped Dame's girlfriend. So, that's that situation, man. and And... More will be revealed. I'm surprised, actually, also that R. Kelly getting all this heat, and he ain't tried to throw nobody else under the bus. Because I know R. Kelly, you know how them them type of people roll. You know that they know each other. They that the people that like young girls got a community of of other people that like young girls. They roll around with each other. They know who each other are. They pass chicks around and all that type of stuff. They know each other. So I'm surprised R. Kelly ain't threw nobody else under the bus, man. And his knowledge is probably the reason his label has not dropped him. All right. All right, man. That's... That's that's it on that part of it. But um, this is not... There's no real way to segue off of that. So it's just going to be like a sharp turn another way. You know what I mean? I wanted to... For my, for my battle rap people, man. If y'all know what's coming up this year and Loaded Lux and... Loaded Lux and A-Verb is about the battle. And it just hit me. It's coming up in a month or two or whatever. It just hit me. This is a battle between two of the most overrated rappers in battle rap history. People talking like this is a battle for like the, some of the greatest ever, the greatest resume ever. No, these two is some of the most overrated battlers ever. Yeah, they both got bars in certain times. But they overrated. Both of them as rappers, they overrated. Lux came back, and I've I always thought that Calico beat him 2-1 because I think Calico got the second round. Calico definitely got the first round, and then I'll give the third round to Lux because of the whole lost nigga and all that, you know, whatever. You're going to get this work as iconic and all that. So I gave him the third round, but I think Calico won the first two. But anyway, that's beyond it. Let's say he beat Calico. After that, he lost to everybody else, and he has battled like five times. He got 30 by Mook. He lost the Clips, definitely. He lost the um, Hollow to Dawn, and he lost the Arsenal. He only won one like he only won one battle in all the battles that he came back in. I mean, since his since his return to battle rap, and then a verb, a verb is is like come on man, people be booing the hell out of A-Verb. They get, when he in middle of battles, they can see clearly that they don't like him. But then every time he's about to battle somebody else, they hype it up like he's about to kill somebody. And yeah, Verb got bars sometimes, but sometimes Ber- Verb is saying a lot of bullshit and he's expecting people to react to it. Yo, Verb has been on the wrong side of some of the most historic losses in battle rap history. Charlie Clips, T-Rex, and K-Shine did historic Bodies On A-Verb Like historic level These are some of the worst battles From a, from a top tier battle rapper ever And Verb Is on the wrong end of them The weight Man It, it just don't even make no sense How was People saying like Yo Verb is up there Cause he got um Best resume ever Yeah cause he's battled the best people he ain't beat the best people though. <laughs> like, what, what? Why does it matter if you battled these people if you lost the most of them? And I think Verb lost to Mook. People saying he beat Mook. I don't know what round he beat Mook, but they're saying he beat Mook. What? If you lost to all the people that they saying is on your resume, these top names, why does it matter that you battled them? You lost to them. All right. I'm not gonna stay on that too much. I just wanted to put it out there in the atmosphere. For the people that do watch battle rap and everything like that, Verve vs Lux is the battle of the most overrated people to battle. Period. Cassidy is coming back to battle rap. He is going to battle Goods. I don't know why people think Goods is going to beat Cassidy. Cassidy is a beast. Cassidy is a legend and all that. Goods is nice. He's been around for a long time doing his thing, but he's not going to beat Cassidy. I don't even know why there's even conversation around that. He's not going to beat Cassidy I'm I'm glad The reason I wanted to talk about this Is because I'm glad I'm loving where battle rap is going People Cassidy don't have to battle Lux Probably got to battle But He don't have to If he don't want to Battle rap is, is growing Even after it's already As big as it is It's growing You have competition With King of the Dot And Rare Breed Entertainment RBE With URL Even though URL Is still the NBA of battle rap it's good that there's other leagues that can afford to do battles and, and afford to pay battle rappers respectable purses. And they come to show up and, and give you good battles. Like how Jay Mills and um, K-Shine came and K-Shine killed Jay Mills. But it's good for the competition. I'm loving the show Champion. It's like it's a talk show for battle rap. I mean, there have been talk shows in the past. This is more like a first take of battle rap. And it's you know, Tech Nine and Jay Black, they show up with suits to every episode and everything. They they have guests on sometimes, but sometimes they just talk and either they might debate, they might just give um they might just give comments or they might critique things and tell people what they need to do to win, what we can be expecting from battles, you know, the crowd, how we like it's very, very good. It's much it's a professional thing. It looks professional. It looks great. The production is great. Production value is high. And these guys know what they're talking about cuz Jay Black is a super fan and Tech 9 is a super fan who actually was a battle rapper. By the way, I love Tech 9 much more as an analyst than I did as a battle rapper. He was not a good battle rapper at all. All right, let's pivot off of that cuz I know that y'all ain't even in the battle rap like that. Um No. This this thing came across me again, man, this this first step act. <clears throat> and I felt like I talked about it before, definitely, but I felt like it was we I needed to talk about it again because it's important to me especially, but it's it's important to the, the country. And um dang I effed around and gave a and got the long form. Oh here we go. Okay. The first step act is pretty much an overhaul or a you know it, it's an amendment or it's a, it's a reforming of federal prison the federal prison system all right and the fact that some black politicians like Cory Booker are opposing this shit is crazy to me you feel me so that that tells us right there Cory Booker is looking to be president of america not president for black people he's he's trying to be the obama the american born version I mean, Obama's American-born, but I mean the Obama that descends from slavery. All right, I'm not. I'm not with no black politician that's trying to stop this type of thing. All right, because one of the one of the uh, let's say a major thing that they're doing here is spending a large portion of this money to to bring back education and bring back programs to help people so that they do not recidivate. Recidivism means to return to prison within 3 years of your release. They're they're trying to spend a lot of money to make sure people don't do that. So that people like I said with the Centauria Brown, she's going to go through a program which a lot of states have these programs already. The feds though they want to spend more money on it, which I'm 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 all the way for that, right? The These programs, they help people. It's called re-entry. It helps you to re-enter into society because you've been sitting in a cage, man. You have been reduced to an animal. You need to, to, to be given tools to help you get back out there. Another one of the things that they're doing, they're going to make it mandatory that the prison help the people before they get released, help them get all of their vital documents. Driver's licenses, if they don't have them, birth certificates, social security cards, if they don't have a copy of it, all that type of stuff. This is great news, man. Another one of the things that they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so that you cannot move a prisoner more than 500 miles from their uh, home of record. That's a major thing for the feds because they like to take people from D.C., move them out to L.A. and send them to prison out there. They like to send people... Um, from the from prison I mean that's from Miami and send them to prisons up in Wyoming or some wild shit like that. they do that because they want to stimulate economies other places. you know they take a bunch of people from New York, a bunch of people from 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 uh, DC places like that, and ship them to the middle of the country and that's stimulus for those communities. <clears throat> you understand? so this is why some white people uh, some white politicians in certain places will be against this because when you take prisoners out of their locations, that's revenue right there Alright Another thing So I don't know if any you, you probably don't know how Prison time is calculated when you serve But They have this thing where Good time Good time credit is where Let's say if, if I'm good for 30 days For every 30 days that I'm good I get 2 days off my sentence Right And That's just a Being good is not meaning you have to do anything It just means you didn't get in trouble You never were written up or anything like that, right? So you don't have to be good. You just can't be in trouble. So good time. So now what they want to change it to is you earn 54 days of good time credit for every year of your sentence and of the entire sentence instead of every year of time that you have already served now. So it don't go over your head too much. Pretty much is is saying that when I when you first enter into a prison, or when you first get convicted and sentenced in the federal um, courtroom, your your time will be calculated based on good time, the maximum allowable good time of fifty four days per year. It'll be calculated based on your total sentence. So if they give you a uh, uh, twenty years. Right, you'll get fifty-four days off per year of the twenty, instead of let's say you served five years and and you only have fifty-four days off per the five you already served. It's really, I mean, that's deep sentencing shit right there. Y'all probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but that's a good thing, right? Um, like I told y'all before, this is a good thing is. They are prohibiting putting restraints on pregnant women and women in postpartum recovery. Restraints will be handcuffs. All right. Meaning there's no they're saying like we don't have to shackle women to beds, man. That's inhumane. It's inhumane to be in a cage anyway, but it's inhumane to make a woman have a baby while shackled to a bed. You feel me? That's just degrading to the whole situation. You you know you increase stress when you do that, which means you increase the likelihood that the baby will have certain stresses that that are innate in them that we don't ever talk about things that stress that people born with. But you know, so I'm I'm real glad that they that they did that. And like I said, I told y'all this before. If y'all was listening to the podcast back at last year, early last year, maybe two years ago. No, this was earlier last year. All right, so that's an and not even just in in birth. Women who are pregnant, period, or in postpartum recovery. Postpartum can last up to three years after you're giving birth. So this is a very good thing for the women that find themselves in prison. How they got pregnant in the federal jail, you know, that's a different type of situation. However, it's possible. So... You know, they would no longer be allowed to put restraints on them. And I guess if you come from the street and you was pregnant and you got um and you got sentenced while you were on the street and you know all that type of stuff, then yeah, you would be pregnant in there. But it probably won't affect too many people. Uh, what else do they have here? I like this. Um, the Bureau of Prisons Bureau of Prisons must place low risk prisoners on home confinement for the maximum amount of time permitted. Now, only shaky thing there is. How are they determining who's low risk? All right? We know that the federal system Is majority white It's not like the state system State system is mostly black people The federal system has majority white people And it's majority white collar crimes You feel me? So You know that That's not really going to affect us as much Because a lot of times When black people, black men Go to federal prison It's for like big drug stuff and crossing state lines with guns and stuff like that so we we won't see too much of that action right there but if some of us are committing white collar crimes then there you go you get some home confinement right there you feel me um what else do we have on here yeah i mean you know and then with everything that that's good you got some shaky shit the bill authorizes federal prison industries to sell products to new markets, such as District of Columbia government and nonprofit organizations. Now, so, you know, they, of course, they got to monetize the shit. You feel me? That's how they reel in all the Republicans that wanted to fight against it for middle America. They, they reel them in with that. Oh, wait, we can sell sell products to new markets. We can expand who we sell things to. So it's bigger than just... uh. Whole Foods and these furniture makers and stuff like that. We could sell to D.C. now. Oh, and D.C. is big because that's the capital. A lot of politics, a lot of politics going on in D.C., a lot of money being spent in D.C. You feel me? So that, you know, that 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 that's just that's the price of getting some done. You got to have things for both sides or, or it won't get approved. Now, this thing has not been approved yet because I, I, I'm assuming that it is part of you know it came it came up for vote um a few months ago or i think last month and this the the house of representatives approved it i have not seen the news of the senate the senate had to approve it i haven't seen news of the senate approving it yet so i'm just hoping that this thing get approved man and hopefully after this cuz this does not affect any states at all hopefully after this then states start to looking at things where they can open up, open up, um, you know, to some reform. Man, some people that I was locked up with in Virginia, they are doing great things up in Virginia right now, after being released from life sentencing, from life sentences. They got on on parole, and they are. And parole has been abolished in Virginia since 1995. So anybody who was sentenced in Virginia from 95 until currently they are not eligible for parole meaning they're going to serve their whole sentence or 85% they do 85% up in VA and 85% is the minimum time you'll do like i said that good credit if you get written up or something like that you'll do more than 85% 85% is just the minimum and they don't have any parole but they are helping the governor these guys that i was that was in there with helping the governor write legislation that's major for a felon to be allowed to sit with the governor and the, the state representatives and write legislation to bring parole back to that state, man. To help with sentencing in that state. Also, Virginia is changing their voter ID laws. They're about to start allowing people to vote without ID, without um picture ID. So a lot of these things that were put into place to stop, really stop black people from voting. they're In Virginia, they changing a lot of this stuff, man. So I applaud Virginia, I applaud P, Sakeem, I applaud Lord Prince up there in VA. And these is five percenters, man, helping write legislation after being released from prison. You understand? Like this is this is major stuff that we gotta I have to applaud it anyway. Cause you know, sat with these people, these is elders right here. These is these is they my elders, they probably they younger than my parents, but yeah. Um well actually they probably run the same age as my parents. Now, um, the last thing I wanted to briefly get into is this um, this government shutdown, man. And it's because it's annoying to me because I'm hearing people talking like people are really in the mindset of they think like to a government. Well, they're not even thinking about government. They're just thinking number five billion dollars to you know that border wall that Trump is. What's going on is Trump is saying if I can't get the border wall. I'm not approving anything, right? He wants the wall, the straight-up wall, and the other people, the opposition is saying, "Nah, ain't no wall happening. We'll do security, but we're not gonna do it like that." And Trump is like, "All right, cool. We're not doing nothing then." Now, I, I'm. I really wanted to talk about it. Talk about this specifically because, man, five billion dollars is nothing to our government. Budget is nothing it's, it's less than nothing To our government budget I, I wish there was I'm, I'm going to put it in perspective In a second but $5 billion is nothing Thebalance.com In fiscal year 2019 The federal budget will be $4.407 trillion Dollars. Did y'all hear what I just said? The federal budget will be four point four zero seven trillion dollars. They have three categories of where this where this money is going. Mandatory, it's about two point seven three nine trillion dollars, and discretionary spending, which is one point three zero five trillion dollars and then they have to pay interest on the national debt which is going to the federal reserve and that is 363 billion dollars okay they talk about revenue here income taxes contribute 1.622 trillion dollars of where that, where that um where that budget is coming from Social security, Medicare and other payroll taxes, one point two, three, eight trillion dollars. Right. Corporate taxes only supply two hundred twenty five billion. But, you know, let that stay how it is, I guess. Right. Super stupid. Whatever. Um, Tariffs bringing in one one hundred fifty two billion. Okay, And then there's some some other smaller shit. Right. Now, let's just see some of the stuff that that. See some of the stuff that's being spent where some money is being spent. OK, Medicare, sorry, Medicare and and um, Social Security, all that type of stuff. That's considered mandatory spending. All right. So it's really nothing. You, I mean, it's really no you can't play with that. So that's that is what it is. Can't do anything about that. But that's two point that's two point three. I mean, seven, three nine trillion dollars. There's still another one point two trillion dollars that needs to be spent. Right? And half of that is going towards the military. And that includes the Department of Defense. Right? That includes the Department of Defense. Oh, hold up. They have an emergency fund that is not even included in the budget process which is 111 billion dollars. Military spending is budgeted at 886 billion dollars. 597.1 billion of that is is uh going to the DOD. Overseas contingency operations. You know what overseas contingency operations is? That means we could just do shit until we spend all this money. Overseas We'll just do random Like we'll find something to do We'll do something with it though That's what they're saying We're going to spend this money Overseas somewhere So just Mark it out It's it's gonna be spent Alright Military Okay Let's see here Let's see here they have $21.9 billion of this proposed budget going towards the National Nuclear Security Administration. That's, that's just one part of the Department of Energy. $21.9 billion. Somebody got to help me understand why, man. I need I need to understand why. I don't understand why. But so the reason I wanted to talk about this is because like I'm giving you all these massive numbers and they're saying they can't they're saying that they cannot give this man Trump that they that I'm talking about. They they're talking about they can't my bad. They can't give Trump 5.7 billion dollars just because they don't want to. When they're spending all this money on all this other bullshit. So so while while they're holding out on this dude, they're allowing thousands and thousands and thousands of people... To go unpaid, and and these are federal um, workers. These are mostly lower middle class federal workers. And do you know that? I'm sure you know or have heard. The federal government is the largest employer of Black Americans. Huh? It's the largest employer of Black Americans. The federal uh, government. Meaning, when I say that, I'm saying that to say all this fight over this $5.7 billion is to the detriment of hundreds of thousands of black workers who, for all intents and purposes, have good jobs. Because you know, when you have a government job, you have security, supposedly security, and you make a good wage. You make a good living when you have a government job. Everybody, if they could, that wants to work, would work a government job if they could. And a lot of black people have secured government jobs. And now, the the Congress and Trump is willing to sacrifice it. Now, Trump is rich. He doesn't care. But these Congress people who are saying, uh, nah, we're not, we not doing that wall shit, man. That's against... That's against what we stand for. That's against the values of the free democracy and all that. They're supposed to care about the, the black people that helped get them there. Yet. They don't mind sacrificing the pay and livelihood of around 400000 black workers that work for the federal government. They don't mind. Y'all Hey, y'all could be unpaid for a little bit. Just let us fight with Trump. Over five point seven billion dollars out of a one point two trillion dollar discretionary spending budget. Hey y'all, black people, y'all, y'all. Hey, listen. I know that y'all got families, and I know that y'all got bills to pay and all this stuff. And we know that y'all got bad credit anyway. And I know that that you know y'all gonna get evicted if you don't pay your bills and all that stuff. But nah, f all that. We gotta fight with Trump, and this is this is a fight that we are gonna go to the end. Trump talking about this could take years and months. Months or years or whatever like that. Now, the reason I'm putting it on these these um, Congress people, these, these Democrats and all this, is because we already know that Trump is on that bullshit. We already know Trump is on that. So, now y'all matching his energy, that means y'all on the same thing. You can't tell people that Trump is bad and you willing to sacrifice people to fight with Trump. You're doing the same thing Trump is doing. Now, I know that all these people are the same. This is just... One group of rich white people arguing with another group of rich white people. I know that, but that the, the ideology behind that doesn't matter to the TSA workers that ain't being paid right now. That don't matter to the black IRS workers that ain't being paid right now. You feel me? That doesn't matter when, when people's government assistance by way of food stamps stop. It won't matter what I'm saying about all these white people being the same. These people are claiming to be different than Trump. Then they need to just say, you know what? We'll sacrifice 5 billion dollars of this 21.9 billion dollar nuclear budget that's not going to be spent on shit, but research meaning nothing. We can sacrifice 5 billion, 5.7 billion of that and get it and do this little wall shit. The wall ain't going to stop nothing from happening. It's not going to stop anybody from coming in. So just do it. And open the government back up And and allow these black people to continue This is We talking about Hundreds of thousands of black people right now man I'm not even just talking about A couple people that I know Or nothing like I'm talking about A lot of people So While these rich white people Are arguing back and forth Having a pissing contest with each other They're sacrificing people Who actually need to be paid That's why I got a problem with it And I have seen the government blow millions and billions of dollars on shit that don't matter. Not only seen it from reading these reports, but my time in Afghanistan, I have sat in these meetings with these generals and these um, admirals. And I've heard them talk about the amount of money that they spend. They 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 spend massive amounts of money on nothing, man. Like I said, $21.9 billion on the nuclear shit. What, what are they doing? They're not even doing anything with it. So, like, you, some of this shit, like, you got to negotiate. If you want to say, okay, boom. All right, we, we'll do this wall thing. We need 15%. Of the contracting to go to black people, we need fifteen percent of it to go to not not black people, but black-owned um, construction companies. We need fifteen percent of the contracts to go to Hispanic-owned construction companies, and we'll we need you know split it up like that. You negotiate that, man. But take that money, give the nigga the you know give him this thing so that these black almost four hundred thousand black workers. Don't have to keep, don't have to to drag this thing out as long as Trump is willing to because he's already rich. The way things are going right now, they're going to end up having to do what he says anyway. Because he is, because eventually the citizens will say what I'm saying. The rest of the citizens will say what I'm saying, which is, man, just just give it to him so that we can get back to work and get money. The people are not about to continue to stand by Pelosi and Schumer as they uh, uh, act as the face or the talking head of the Democratic stand against Trump. Once people really start going and getting evicted and being behind on bills and stuff like that, they're not going to keep on standing with that. Y'all gonna It's going to make it look like they are the problem, completely the problem. You feel me? So that's my take on all that government shutdown shit, man. Give the man the $5.7 billion, That is no money to a government budget. That's no money. Trust me. It's no money. There's too many websites you can go to and look at the amount of money that they spend. I already told y'all on a few episodes ago, Obama did a deal to give Israel $38 billion over 10 years for nothing, for no reason. Just give it to them so that they can build, keep their military strong, even though they're already slaughtering the people that they're fighting against. Just give them 38 billion, and everybody in Congress approved that shit. Not everybody, but you know enough people to get everything passed. They they nobody had a problem with that. And anybody in the media that says anything about that will be fired from their job, right? If they can approve to give Israel 3.8 billion dollars a year for no reason, y'all can approve a 5.7 billion dollar one-time uh, one-time joint. And all that money is going to go back into American construction companies hands, which stimulates the economy because you you're providing jobs to American people to build the wall. Yeah, the dude said that Mexico was going to build the wall. That ain't happened. Shit ain't happened. I it's not. It ain't happened. Dude is the president like that. He said that when he was running for president, like he didn't think he was going to win. He won now. Now he got power. Now he's saying we're gonna pay for it and let's do it. Like now, nah, come on, man. They 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 these rich white people fighting with other rich white people and they making it rough for, for a lot of black people, man. Yeah, it's affecting more white people overall, but the black people percentage wise that it's affecting a lot, man. Large percentage. Eighteen point eighteen point something or more percent of the federal workforce is black. That's a big percentage. We only 13% of the American population. If 18% of the hundred eight, I mean, uh, million workers are black people. Like, what are we doing? What what's the conversation really about, man? This is nothing, this is white people fighting against white people and they and they sacrificing the people that need it the most. All right, that's all I got, man. Y'all get at me on the flip. Hit me up. Let me know what y'all think about all this. What y'all think about Dame Dash speaking about Hov. What you think about Nick Cannon bringing up Foxy. What you think about Battle Rap. Let me know what you think about Santoya Brown. How you think that story really played out. And let me know how you feel about this prison reform we're getting, man. And the government shutdown. Let me know I'm out 5, Thowdy Oh, Marcus. I got the beat. I didn't forget. I'm working on it. I got an idea for this thing. I want to use it properly. So, uh, You know what I mean Uh, We we, we still good bro Alright Peace